0: I also think I'm going to work on It's Raining Men as, like, the next time we go to karaoke, I want to have the song down. Welcome back to Doman's Dawn. I'm Luke, your co-host, he, him, sometimes they, them, and I'm joined by my other co-host,
1: Hello, I'm Janine, my pronouns are she, they, and I don't have a witty thing to say after introducing myself.
0: Hey Janine, guess what we've done here? What do we do? We've made it to 20 episodes.
1: Whoa, that's a lot more than some other projects I've
0: I've started before. Well, you know what they say, (laughs) when you start a podcast with Luke, you stick with it or... You get engaged. That's that's my main way of explaining what happened with uh, John Wickie, the podcast that I used to do with Abby. Oh, and okay. also the Nicolas Cage podcast that we used to do with oh. Devin. Mm-hmm.
1: So the only way to get out of a podcast with you is if I
0: marry you. No, I I, I guess uh it could fall apart because of intergroup politics but uh that only happened on the weird nerd news podcast that i went. and ended up taking over or like if we just get along to a point where it's like neither of us are enjoying the show but i think I enjoy the show where we talk about One Piece and The Simpsons and then cast uh, Simpsons characters in the roles of new One Piece characters. Do you enjoy the show, Janine?
1: I enjoy the show so much that I encourage everybody to join me into going on to wherever they go to rate such podcasts and give us uh, the maximum number of rankings you could be able to get. Whether it be five stars, ten stars... 27 stars a 10 out of 10 situation a grading system where s is like the top even though it comes way after a b
0: or c hey i think since the last time that i looked uh friend of the show and multiple time winner uh king atticus uh put on a very nice review Thank you,
1: Addy. We do appreciate that and your continued uh, listenership. And also uh, being right now, currently, the top guest answer... namer? Guest namer? The top fan suggester. The top fan suggester. Okay, that's the title we're going
0: to go with. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's clearer. But I also have the benefit of coming in to scoop up that name drop. Anyways, uh, for our 20th episode of the show, we are going to be discussing uh, the post-Alabasta episodes, which initially ran from October 6th to December 1st of the year 2002, and Uh, That will be episodes 128 through 135 of One Piece. Uh, We also have some pretty big... uh, (laughs) Oh, I accidentally made a pun there. Uh, Some pretty big Simpsons episodes that came out because it's time for... Sexy Cat Marge Watch, The Conclusion. Now my watch shall end. I I feel like I should put in like a sword, uh, like stabbing into the ground sound effect after that, like a shink. Well, I guess that's more of drawing a sword. If you could be able to do that, and then like a
1: thunderclap after that, we'll find out which one you'd end up with. I mean, I do have
0: a new sound that I can't wait to unveil on the soundboard.
1: Well, let's go ahead
0: and get there organically. Uh, So first up, uh, we have Treehouse of Horror 13, lucky number 13, which has Homer with the cloning hammock, uh, gun control brings zombies back to life, and the island of Dr. Hibbert, which is the origin of (laughs) sexy cat march. Uh, there's also How I Spent My Strummer Vacation, where Homer goes to rock and roll fantasy camp and doesn't want to go back to normal life. Marge versus Lisa versus The Third Grade, where Bart is sent back and Lisa's moved ahead a grade, and then they fight in Capital City. Large Marge, the accidental boob job episode, where we get... Oh my god. Remember the Baha men, Janine? Now they're back in South. I mean clip I'm pretty form.
1: sure like I was doing a good job repressing that memory, but wow. <laughs> oh. You took us back there, kicking and
0: screaming. And then Helter Shelter where the family moves into an 1895 house reality show and then the producers mess with it uh we unlock a bunch of new characters and would you mind dropping me a beat so i can wrap all these names oh my god you can say no janine sure let's let's go ahead and keep me out of this actually <laughs> We get access to demonic mod Panther, Marge, Mad Doctor Hambert, Peter Griffin, Disco Shrew, Sundance Kid, Billy the Kid, Kaiser Wilhelm II, comic book goat Homer with no face, cider Homer, Hammock Man, Future Homer, Feral Willie, Turkey, Frank Cow, Ned Flanders, Cheetah, Krabapple, Goat Jasper, Puma Patty, Elephant Soma, and it 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 goes on. Uh, Towards the end, I have Gummy Sue Spuckler, Squiggy, Mitch Hartwell, Diane, Larry Holmes, and Kozlov. Also, there's like Tom Petty, Elvis Costello, Touch the Stove Host. So, a murderer's row. I had to make three columns of new names that we could use, Janine. Three! Wow. Oh, yeah, we also get access to... uh, commissioner gordon from batman 66 one piece uh yeah and then uh the episodes of one piece that we are covering are kind of an interesting mix because we have three episodes to wrap up alabasta and then we get a short arc of filler one shots which are interesting Uh, Janine, are you ready for the title reads? Am I Ever. Episodes include The Pirate's Banquet and Operation Escape Alabasta. Everything began that day. Vivi tells of her adventures. Beware her scent. The seventh one is Nika Robin. The First Patient. Anecdote of the Rumble Ball. The Navigator's
1: Mutiny. For an unwavering dream. Inherited recipe. Sanji, the curry iron chef. I'll make it bloom. Manly Usopp's eight shaku ball. Infamous pirate hunter. The wandering swordsman Zoro.
0: And yeah, it's it's an. It is a bunch of episodes that were... Totally, uh, that were mostly made for filler. Those those five one shots are pretty much complete filler. How did you feel about these episodes as a whole, Janine? Um, well, I believe that the
1: ending of the Alabaster arc went pretty predictably. But you don't want it to stray from what it's been. And um what it gives you is definitely um it definitely feels like, hey, this is like the good ending that you that we finally get to have and enjoy for like several episodes because we had to put up with so much of crocodile's bullshit. Mm-hmm. And it just feels really cathartic just to have that time to like really digest the events of everything that happened, where it's all coming from, where it's possibly going to go.
0: I agree with that.
1: And the filler episodes at the end, I did like having episodes where they just focused on one character. Mm -hmm. Um, When you're inside of the story stuff, you don't really get this, and I feel like... um, they definitely did things like this a lot more scattered through with uh, shows that are more episodic rather than being more storyline focused. You know um, by now with other shows, we would have seen a couple of other episodes that really helped characterize the characters, just focusing on one at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, when you have something, as long as that Alabaster arc, you don't really, you have to put those moments in, in the story you can't really dedicate any time because we have set up a pretty big fucking you know stake here that Mm -hmm. you gotta go for
0: yeah I think that's true also the continuing stakes are gonna be one of those problems that they start to have to face when it comes to like future arcs where they have a hard time finding space for filler arcs But I, I do like these. I, I do wish we got more of them later on in the series. Because it's also opportunities for the expanding cast to have moments together. But then there's also the danger of, oh, uh, there's things that canonically like cause issues. None of these were like super bad, but it is nice to like get moments that don't necessarily matter or don't need to be highlighted or things like that especially as the cast gets bigger and i think someone had commented that like one of the main cast members hadn't talked to luffy in the comics for like seven years yeah one piece So uh, the Straw Hat Pirates are healing up after their battle in the Royal Palace where the Marines aren't allowed to come in and get him, and after, like, a few days, Luffy finally wakes up, and that's when Terracotta, who's Igram's wife, who also looks a lot like him, just prepares a feast, and we just get a nice moment of everybody eating a bunch of food.
1: It's a really good setup, too. Like, as as far as, like anime food goes people always think about studio ghibli and like that i can be able to see that that's like the fantasy food but for me it comes to like things that obviously don't look real i like the i like to be able to have like fantastically large portions of things that look like i could never afford Mm
0: mm-hmm i do also like that uh one of the foods that they eat is a like middle eastern noodle dish uh that i'm blanking on the name of right now i was hoping to find uh find it easily but i did not anyways uh yeah so it's it's a nice moment followed by an incredibly horny moment as the crew just takes a bath and all the guys decide, or well, specifically Nami, or specifically Sanji has an interest in peeking over, and then I think just as a, oh well, this is what we're going to do as guys. Uh, Chopper and Luffy join in, and it's just like, yes, let's let's go and leer at our female crewmates, and Nami rightfully decides to threaten to charge them a large amount of money for it we're interrupting Nami and VV uh, washing each other.
1: They fucked y'all. <laughs>
0: like,
1: yeah. like, like, you know, like, they're not gonna say they fucked, but you,
0: you know they fucked, right? Mm-hmm. Cow pals! So, Cobra thanks the pirates for everything that they've done and as they're resting up, they get a call from Mr. Tubon Clay, uh, who has escaped and ends up taking their ship. And so the crew's like, hey, Vivi, if you want to join us, we're going to wait for you at noon at this specific location. And then they head out before Igram is able to warn them that uh, Luffy and Zoro have new bounties on them. And yep. it's like, oh, no.
1: Number go up, man. They, they, uh, word has gotten out about like what they've done, and now because of that, you, you just gotta put more money on them. I mean, they took out a warlord of the sea, man.
0: Even though it's a secret. Uh, we also get to check in on our buddies Django and, uh, former Lieutenant Fullbody who are now working under Hina. Uh, they're supposed to stop the pirates, but they are unable to find the Going Mary. Were you expecting to see them back, Janine? I was
1: not. I mean, looking, at, I had to look back to see who Full Body was, and when I saw it, I was like, I can understand why. Like Sanji could like not even recognize this guy, you know?
0: He does have a totally different vibe now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So in one of the cover chapter stories that they sort of adapted into a short but didn't really. Uh, Django escapes, enters a dance contest on an island. Uh, full Body is also in the dance contest. They just hit it off, but then when it turns out that he is a pirate, uh, Full Body sacrifices his position. That way he can get uh, Django to no longer be counted as a pirate and they become best friends oh that's really sweet mm-hmm. and also they just want Hina to step on them i mean same though same though uh so the pirates ride on the supersonic duck squad across the desert and nami re- regrets that they didn't get the reward and that next morning is Vivi's coming of age ceremony and Vivi is actively missing her friends And so the ship uh, gets picked up off of uh, Mr. 2 and the Marines are just launching massive black spears at the pirates and Mr. 2's ship as they are kind of like stuck, unable to move until Usopp accidentally destroys one of the Navy ships. Which is like a good bit of comedy. (laughs) Like it's one of those things where it's like, was it actually Usopp who did that? Like you almost wait for a reveal that it's like, Oh, it was some other force. But no, it, it, it's Usopp.
1: I mean, I do like that it's very consistent with his idea as a sniper uh, to be able to just really be good at that, like, at the first shot and, like,
0: even surprise himself on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a very good sniper. Uh, So Mr. Two uh, wants him to run away, but they're all like, no, we have to wait for Vivi. And Mr. Two, who save their ship because he considers them all his friends like oh right we're we're going to stick behind we're actually going to act as decoys so the marines will chase after us because you're our friend and we want to protect you yeah Bond clay is a homie <sighs> yeah we're not going to see him for a while but when he gets back it's going to be wild <laughs> uh so vivi meanwhile starts delivering her coming of age speech to the masses which plays across the country while the straw hats are trying to fight off the marines and then it turns out that an Barna igoram has been standing in for vivi this entire time because apparently he just likes to dress like the princess and that's good for him Like there's no
1: reason for it too, because like if you just wanted like a girl version of him, he has like a wife that's there. They have other women. He just volunteered for this, y'all. I think in the
0: anime you can't man. I think in the movie they do have his wife take the role. I could be wrong. It's been a while since I've seen it. But uh Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's you know what? Good for you, Mr. Horns Guy. And yeah, Vivi came out to say goodbye to her friends, and she and Karu hold up their exes as their signs of friendship before they sail off. And it's great. I cried. Mm-hmm. It, it it's so damn good. And uh, Smoker finds out that the Straw Hats escaped. Toto's happy to know that they escaped, and we just get a montage of all the other characters who got introduced during the adventure, and the future looks brighter. Eyelash joins the Supersonic Duck Squad. He says quack. And Pell survived.
1: I don't know how. (laughs) I don't know (laughs) how.
0: They blew him the fuck up. Oh, and you weren't expecting it. Because I I distracted you with the uh, kicking claw force. I mean, they're dead.
1: Yeah, they were the ones I thought that they're that they could be able to live. I mean, I was like, oh, Chopper's a doctor. Maybe that there's something that that could happen there. No, they're they're straight up dead. The motherfucker who had a bomb in his talons. By the way, he's half bird sometimes. Is like alive now I guess like even if he did blow the fuck up like he's got he's got to fall from like a really huge fucking height that's
0: haven't you seen the Dark Knight Rises Janine same thing at the end you just fly off with a bomb and then Alfred finds you in France what I've never seen that movie so just that description itself also seems wild to me Oh, yeah. No, at the end, uh, Batman has to fly a bomb out of Gotham City. And it blows up, and everyone thinks that he's dead. And then it's just like, oh, but here's Alfred taking a vacation in France. And, oh, there he is with Natalie. No, uh, she didn't play Catwoman. Christ, I'm going to get
1: raked over the coals. Listen, anybody who says anything... It's just gonna get
0: nervous. Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway. I almost said Natalie Portman, and that would be very wrong. Uh, yeah. Uh, spoilers for The Dark Knight Rises, a movie that I have a hard time watching. Uh, emotionally, we know. No, uh, it's because when Batman is flying to take the bomb out of the city, they filmed it in Pittsburgh, and I know the exact city that they filmed it on. And if you like tried to make a continuous path. He just like turns direction like six times on the same street. Huh. Mm-hmm. So the Marines follow behind uh the Straw Hats until Luffy's like, "Hey, you've thrown all these black spears at us and he throws them all away. Like he just tosses all of them back at him It's like, yeah, no, that's wonderful." And that's when Nico Robin reveals that she has been on the ship the whole time. She blames Luffy for making her live and wants to join the crew. Uh, This is where we find out that she also gave Luffy the antidote for Crocodile's poison down in the tomb and also lied about what was on the pony glyph to Crocodile because it was all about the weapon that he wanted the entire time. And she has her own dream to find out the true history of the world. And so Luffy's like, yeah, that's great. Welcome aboard.
1: I mean, she has a very one piece dream, so it it definitely does fit however, um even though she hasn't murdered anybody yet, she's it's understandable
0: that people would be a little bit distrusting of her. oh yeah, she admits that she has worked for a lot of criminals in her past, and we also just get to see her like shifting everybody on the crew's opinions of her. Some are, it, are easier than others. I mean, I
1: gotta give it up for Nami for, like, being true to Nami. hmm uh,
0: But, I mean, you also gotta give it up to everyone who's just like, Oh, look, she's, she's doing a chopper horn thing with her hands. That's great. Because it is. Oh, and then Pell finds out that people think that he died because he sees his own grave. That's a bit fucked up too, right? Yeah.
1: Like, what well, do you do? Like, just show up just walking home after, like, being so injured you haven't been able to, like, get there. Just walking there. And mm-hmm. the first thing you see is, like, your own fucking memorial.
0: And, uh, then we get into the filler stuff. And it is interesting watching these because it takes them a while to, like, give Nico Robin more scenes in the next arc. And so they can kind of only write her with what they know. So, like, watching with that in mind, it's kind of like we don't see her do anything new in these episodes.
1: Yeah, we left off before the filler with her
0: reading a book, and she reads a lot, man. Oh, yeah, she is reading a book uh, called The Rainbow Miss, which uh, one of the things I genuinely like is she's going to stick reading uh, to that book. The book she's reading is going to come up and they have payoff for it.
1: I like that it's plot relevant already.
0: It is filler plot relevant even. Oh,
1: so this is, this is just like its own plot that only happens during filler
0: episodes Mm -hmm. it's a filler plot arc so the crew lands on an island and everyone except for chopper and robin have to go out and look for food on the island while nami is working on mapping it out with sanji chopper starts to have fun on the ship until he remembers that robin is there just reading on the deck and he doesn't trust her and thinks that she is going to try and steal all of his secrets like how to make rumble balls and we like get the origin of those where he was literally just like a, a small child stealing ingredients from Dr. Kareha's stash. And it, it's just like a lot of nice moments of Chopper panicking whenever uh, Robin shows up and kind of making more of a mess and a kerfuffle than she would have made. And eventually he just talks about, like, once he starts to trust her, how he wanted to start making medicine and Dr. Kareha wouldn't let him. And then she got sick and she was like, all right, well, I'm your first patient. I won't give you any advice. Cure me or I die. And he ended up doing it. And it's very on brand. Yeah, I, I
1: like that she did this because, like, as as filler as this is, it is completely in character for her to just be like, fuck you, I'm not going to hold your hand because a patient would not know this stuff. But also, mm-hmm. stick to that same standard and say, like, I'm not going to think anything negative against it. Like, I'm just going to completely trust it because a patient
0: who doesn't trust their doctor can't get well. It's kind of the opposite of what Sanji does uh, in another filler episode that we're going to cover in a bit. In that she wouldn't give him any clues. And Sanji is nicer. Which I don't think is controversial to say Sanji is nicer than Dr. Kareha.
1: I think people learn in different methods, and people teach in different methods, and... They just had the right
0: people to teach them. I will agree with that. Uh, so the Straw Hats uh, like meet up at the fire. Zoro is the only one who really got food. Uh, Robin is sad that she doesn't really have connections to anyone in her life like Chopper has to Dr. Kareha. Uh, the next episode, the Straw Hats are fishing for food and Luffy uh, reels in a massive Nautilus shell. And inside is Rice Rice from the Transponder Snail Mail Order Company in his S-car. Watch that S-car go, Janine. Bam, bam. And, like, this is a weird one because he, like, has catalogs and just a bunch of weird catalog-type items. And I feel like catalogs are one of those things where like, we might have been the last generation to really understand what those are in a way.
1: Yeah, definitely. But it also kind of makes sense that islands that do trading with each other would rely on something like that with, you know, heavy
0: reliance on mail and whatnot. Yeah, but also, like, it's a bunch of Skymall bullshit for the most part.
1: Yeah, like, I feel like that's just the natural evolution of it. Mm Mm-hmm. No matter what universe you're in, like the the natural universe, you're just going to get junk mail for shit that you don't need, but might buy anyway. Who knows?
0: Yep. Uh, Nami finds out that he has paper, specifically 1,000 year paper, which is incredibly special. And at first, Nami pretends that she will pay anything for it, and then she starts to haggle, and then Sanji's like, well, I know how we can get the money for this. And he uh, decides he could sell Luffy to the Marines. That is when Rice Rice realizes he's on Luffy's ship and they are all dangerous pirates and rushes off leaving the items behind, which bad on Rice Rice.
1: That the entire scene reads like a fanfic and I love it. Mm-hmm.
0: It reads like a well-written fanfic because I ran across a One Piece fanfic where it's like, you're trying to write Zoro and Sanji and you don't have the voices down. You don't know how to write them insulting each other. (laughs) Like, they are very specific in what they do. Uh, Like, one of the... uh, One Piece fans will do very random and pointless tallies and counts of things. And one of those was like, Oh, I'm going to count every sound effect that appears in the manga. Or I'm going to count every time that uh, Sanji calls Zoro by his actual name and Zoro calls Sanji by his actual name. And if I remember correctly, in Japan, Zoro, I think, only refers to Sanji by his real name like three times. And this was up to like three years ago. Like every other time, it's Curly Brow or idiot chef or some other name like that
1: amazing i like that they have that kind of guy relationship because um it just kind of makes them just feel like they're gonna get each other in
0: trouble Mm mm-hmm so uh nami starts working on maps as part of her dream to map the world but the crew is doing various shenanigans luffy ends up messing up her maps so she scolds the crew and tells them to leave her alone everyone else is tired as the ship is approaching a storm and chopper's the only one who is aware of it but he is also afraid of disturbing nami and so they start hitting the storm nami notices it comes out and is able to order the crew to get them out before they get pulled up into a massive water spout and then she goes back to mapping and it's a like that's the end. I I feel so sorry for Chopper here as a kid who has also been like, oh my mom yelled at me and I, I I feel like I should tell her about this thing, but also I don't want to get in more trouble.
1: I feel Trop like I've definitely
0: been there, you know. <laughs> but you didn't give a shit. I guess not. <laughs> it, it It's nice knowing the dichotomy between our personalities. <laughs> so the crew then sails into a fog and stumbles onto a massive Navy armada. And that is when Sanji sees a kid named Tajio who drops a pot of food into the ocean and then almost falls in himself, but he gets saved. Sanji feeds the kid who explains that he ruined the curry for the captain's lunch and has to remake it, but he doesn't know how to do it. And he is on the Navy ship because he wants to go and see the all blue. And Sanji's like, oh, well, secretly that's my dream too. So he and Luffy take Tajio back to the ship and basically he helps tajio cook by just leaving very slight hints on what he needs to do as tajio kind of puts together all the lessons that he has learned while luffy is just running around doing shenanigans and uh tajio thanks sanji for his help and sanji's like yeah and i also believe in the all blue and so tagio ends up preventing the marines from finding them and they get served the curry and they find it all to be very good it's not
1: that complicated of a curry
0: i mean do you know how to poach tomatoes
1: Okay, well, you got me there on that
0: part, but... Uh, uh, Are you always making your own garam masala by hand? I mean, they use the curry... The curry base, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, it's different if you use fresh garam masala. Uh,
1: I guess. (laughs) I mean, it's just like, it doesn't seem like... I mean, like, of course it can't be, like, too hard, because, like, the, the cook is a kid, but it's, like, also, I don't know. It just feels so pedestrian for it to be just curry, though. Like, like curry's just, like, an everyman food, for that to be the thing, like, after the soup that he was given to, when he wake, when he woke up it's just
0: Mm -hmm. i mean that was pretty much a a consummate like a broth so i feel like curry is one of those things where much like chili you can do it a lot of different ways and the way that you do it matters on like ingredients of preparation and all that stuff and like he talks about the way that they cook the beef so that the beef flavor isn't sealed into just the beef but it helps to flavor the curry
1: I just think that they're eating a lot better at the restaurant Sanji came from than over here at this fucking marine ship. Marine ship. I yeah, think that's like, fair. It, it just feels like it's just like a whole bunch of, you know, executives that go and they just, like, grab just, like, catering from McDonald's. Like,
0: kind of so, a weird thing. So you want to see, like... A whole story where Sanji is going to just like show up a bunch of Marines cooking and also try and cock a guy's wife.
1: I mean It's coming wouldn't you? Okay.
0: (laughs) It's too highly specific, Janine. Expect the unexpected now. Uh, yeah, and then we get on to the next one where Luffy does ask Robin what she's reading, and she is reading a book about the Rainbow Mist, which shocks everyone until Luffy gets distracted by the news of an island. I, I do like that everyone's kind of surprised by the idea that Luffy can read and understands what the books are.
1: He's he's never shown interest in it before, so. Mm
0: hmm. Uh, The town is preparing for their annual fireworks festival with a family that has been making fireworks for over 400 years. And Usopp's like, hey, I'm going to go and get some gunpowder from this factory and also show them this awesome firework that I made. And so Odama, who is an old man, turns him down and Usopp is surprised by this massive like eight foot tall firework that Odama has made. Like it's a it's also round. So you're not just picturing, like, an eight-foot firecracker. Like, I, I am fascinated by fireworks now. And Kodama, who is Odama's granddaughter, finds Usopp's firework and evaluates it to just, you know, be made all right. And so Usopp gets asked to help and do prep for the firework that night. And Kodama... Is like, hey, you know, a, a fireworks never really done until you set it off. And uh, Usopp ends up asking about the massive shell, and Kodan was like, yeah, when they tried to launch it, uh, when they tried to uh, launch one like it last year, it exploded and killed my parents.
1: The commercial break on this one is so jarring because immediately (laughs) after she says this tragic line, we immediately, no wait, cut to commercial, and it's the Usopp in between. The the Usopp bumper. And um, that's a funny-sounding song that comes up. So it's, it's just so... Like I had to pause and just take a moment because it was just
0: such it's a tonal whiplash. If you watch it on Netflix, they cut out the bumpers. That uh, is a I, shame. I, yeah, I I do like them. Uh, I think I may get Crunchyroll back now because that's the only way to watch newer episodes dubbed before they get released on Netflix, which is or I might get Funimation back because I switched to Crunchyroll. The Funimation Crunchyroll merger has been some bullshit uh, because now other companies are just trying to license all the shows that they can because they realize that it's cheaper than producing new content. And uh, support voice actors who are unionizing to get paid because if if a dub movie makes like a couple million dollars in theaters... The voice actors deserve a cut of it more than just the rate that they would get paid if it was just going to home video. I digress. Uh, yeah, Kodama's parents were killed by a firework. And as the rain comes back, Kodama promises that if the rain is going to stop, she wants to set off her parents' massive shell. Usopp wants to tell Kodama about what it about what his granddaughter plans to do. They get into a fight. And Usopp ultimately is like. Alright I'll help you. But Odama already knew what Kodama was going to do. And he forbids her from launching it. And Usopp meanwhile is like. Hey there's a weird mysterious tower. How long has that been here? Odama uh, Odama's just like. It's been here forever. We have no idea what it's for. Kodama meanwhile. Back at her parents' grave, and Usopp pretends to be her dead parents. And is like, hey, you should bring back the traditional making massive fireworks, but you need to be older to do that. And then the rain clears, and they are able to launch the fireworks. And this one is weird because, like, the fireworks go off that night, and Usopp figured out what the tower is for, which is it's supposed to launch the massive shell. And so, while Kodama is helping all the adults launch the normal fireworks, uh, that ends, and then Usopp launches his baby firework. And then Odama is like, hey, and here's the finale. It launches the eight foot tall firework through the tower. And it's like, you. Don't let your granddaughter whose parents, your children or one of your child one of your children who died for this have a hand in this it, it, it's a weird it's a weird choice that I don't I, I don't think it's six to landing. I, I,
1: I don't know power. I don't know I see the logic behind you know um, a year is a short amount of time to be without somebody.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I feel like that is like generally fueling a lot of emotion that's happening
0: for all characters involved. Mm-hmm. I I just feel like there should have been a way to let Kodama like at least know they were going to launch the fireworks similar to the one that murdered her parents without it being a surprise. I mean, the
1: townspeople were kind of hoping something like that wouldn't happen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think it would just been like a kind of a situation where like the more people who knew the more uneasy everybody would get because they're like oh we don't want like a, another huge massive explosion that's going to kill people again
0: i i i can get that i think it might have just been like the way that the scene is presented i don't feel like it wraps things up neatly enough
1: i mean there definitely is some kind of like weird um Just, like, don't actually talk about your feelings or, like, things that you're going to do. Like, just doing everything behind somebody's back. Like, secretly caring from afar. Rather than, like, Mm -hmm. you know, actually parenting. Which is, like, it's believable for a grandparent. But also, it sucks. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) All right and then uh in the flashback uh we see johnny and yosaku uh finding a uh, billy the bandit who has a big bounty in a bar zoro wanders into the bar with a single sword and no money so no one recognizes who he is and he declares his intention to catch billy who attacks him and then zoro just easily stops him and Johnny and Yosaku were like, hey, we had dibs, and Zoro's like, alright, if you pay for my meal, I don't care about being a bounty hunter, I'm going to be the world's greatest swordsman, and so the two of them get to collect the bounty, and Zoro wanders off. After they get the money, though, Johnny explains that he wanted to be a bounty hunter because they were the ones who fought the bandits that attacked his hometown, and Zoro reminded him of his dream to be a brave bounty hunter like that dick the bandit who is billy's brother comes in with a massive cannon to rob the town and almost all the townspeople are too afraid except for a small kid named harry who just gets pushed aside again and again and johnny remembering that he wants to be a hero charges in with yosaku dick tries to bribe them to leave and johnny refuses and yosaku gloats about the bounty that they just turned in and dick's like oh, you you turned to my brother's bounty. Uh, that's that's not cool. Zoro meanwhile goes to pick up his sword that he had dropped off at a swordsmith uh, and he had apparently broken the other two that he was using and like, even the sword that he borrowed breaks when he turns it back in. He hears an explosion from the town and the swordcraft was like, oh, well that's old Dick the Bandit! And so Zoro heads back to get the money from the bounty. Well, Johnny and Yosaku are getting beaten by Dick.
1: His name is Dick the Bandit. Uh-huh. It doesn't get any less funnier thinking about
0: it. Dick's beaten the tiny Harry. As you do. Uh-huh. As one would. So Johnny refuses to back down even though they are overpowered and Dick's warning them that he will murder them. He sends his men to fight the pair and they continue to get beaten and Zoro's like oh, well I'm here. Harry, don't go into this brawl. He steps in before Johnny and Osaku get murdered apologizes for sealing their bounty again and now they recognize him as Zoro when he gets two more swords and he's like I need to stop breaking swords and he's able to take down the henchmen without breaking the swords. Dick charges at him and that's when Zoro in the present wakes up from his dream as the crew on the Going Mary is firing the cannon. And then we see in the conclusion, Harry doused Dick's flame on the cannon. And then Zoro was able to take down Dick. And that's how he became friends with Johnny neosaku I had... Um
1: for the longest time believed that Johnny and Yosaku were just uh people that he had known from the um from the school that he went into Mm -hmm. um but hearing this story it was just kind of like okay so that was not quite how I remembered going how I remembered it but this story um also seems kind of weird the de- like the design change between like Johnny and Yosaku, like between the time is just so they are
0: almost unrecognizable. Like they, they felt much like new punk.
1: characters. It's, it was just like it felt like a deevolution. Like we had a de-assification of Johnny and Yosaku.
0: I think that's valid, but I'd also like say that you know they they start to dress cooler when they hang out with big bro zoro
1: that is true they do like get a much more simpler presentation
0: to themselves but uh, yeah that wraps up the stories uh there's there's a bunch of stuff there like the downside for these smaller stories is there's a lot more to summarize because you have a beginning middle and end in all of those and now we got 14 characters to match so are you ready janine sure yeah andy steve all right fellas let's go this isn't the
1: first time tonight you've made that joke
0: no i i just love ballroom blitz it's one of the songs that i frequently listen to or that Now, YouTube just will frequently be like, oh, you're listening to music, and you're not listening to JoJo's Bizarre Adventure themes, so, uh, you want to listen to this, you want to listen to, uh, The Sign by Ace of Base, you want to listen to, uh, It's Raining Men by The Weather Girls. All of them are jams. Sure. Uh, uh, uh. Are 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 you not a fan of one of those three songs Janine?
1: Ha, uh, Ace of Bass. um person who wrote those specific songs and music for Ace of Bass um is Nazi affiliated.
0: Oh fuck. Okay, well then I'm going to stop listening to The Sign uh just like I stopped listening to Right Said. Set... Well, no, I just immediately said no to Right Said Fred. Yeah, fuck Nazis, don't support their music, don't get the money from streaming. Thank you for letting me know, Janine. Hey, this is Luke popping in a second time this episode. The lead guy of Ace of Base was in his teens in a neo Nazi group, recognized it was wrong, and has admitted that he fucked up by joining it, and has recanted everything. For the past several decades so you don't need to stop listening to ace of base fuck nazis
1: fuck nazis who do we have first on our naming block
0: up first we've got dr ho who looks like a wizard
1: a little bit yeah
0: also he has weird lips that are on top of his beard Uh, I had three pitches for him. Uh, I had a Rodrigo style. I technically had two Rodrigo styles for them, but I don't think either of them are super good. I had uh, Squirrel, Dr. Nick, and Mad Dr. Hibbert. But my solution I actually like is C. Everett Koop, former Surgeon General.
1: Ah. I have Jake the Barber. I went with the old vibe more than I
0: did the doctor vibe. Mm-hmm. So, would you like to know my big push for C. Everett Coop? Sure. Doctor vibe, also beard. Mm. Jake the barber does not have a beard.
1: That is true. That is true. All right, we'll take it.
0: All right, so our doctor ho is C. Everett Coop. Uh, we then have Terracotta Igaram's wife, who looks a lot like him. Uh, we also had fan suggestions for them, so let me uh, pick up the phone.
1: Uh,
0: that one welder guy uh, suggested uh, the dowager, the lady who's like, oh my! Mike P., the wonderful artist for the show. Uh, suggested Homerina, the female Homer clone who shows up when Bart thinks that uh, when Homer forgets to pick up Bart from soccer practice. And uh, King Atticus, uh, champion of the uh, fan suggestion game, suggested Tina Ballerina, who I thought we had used before, but we had not. Uh, who do you have as your suggestion for Terracotta?
1: I went with um we don't really have a perfect match because uh when it when it comes to somebody who's um related with the same character that we have for Igoram because Igoram was chosen for his saxophone ability and his ability to die. Uh which one of those two he's not very good at. Um So, like, what I thought, though, I wanted to go with a character that looks so oddly familiar to their male counterpart but is still married to them that it makes it kind of weird that, like, you're married to somebody who looks so similar to you. Uh, And for that, I
0: went with Sarah Wiggum. Ooh, I... I had had her on my mind, and then it was just one of those things where I think I was doing something else and forgot to add her on. But yeah, Sarah Wiggum is a very strong idea. Did you have anyone else?
1: No, I, because I really want to push down on Sarah Wiggum for being a woman that is basically just like a male, like, you know, just a a different counterpart, weirdly similar, still married to them. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: It's a very strong vibe. It is. Uh, so my Rodrigo style was just throwing away Kiki Highsmith, who is the modeling agent who signs Marge when she gets big ol' bazongas. Uh, and then the other one that I had was a similar idea to for a woman who looks like her husband, but I don't think fits the vibe, which is Mrs. Muntz. Uh I, I really like Home Arena, Mike P's suggestion. But I also really like Sarah Wiggum. I don't think we are going to be anywhere close to the point where Sarah Wiggum weirdly gets a renaissance as a character. Isn't she dead? No, uh, she actually, they changed her voice actress.
1: Oh, that's how and you get back like, like a some, of the game.
0: She actually has had some plots uh, around her. Uh, Megan Mullally voices her now. Oh. So one, uh, there is one, there is a pretty solid recent episode where it turned out that she used to be a part of a, f- a female group of thieves. And so she invites Marjan on to a heist with her. Dope. Like, they're trying to do stuff with her, which I appreciate, instead of her just existing solely as Ralph's mom. Yeah. (sighs) Uh, You know, I'm good to go with Sarah Wiggum. Hell yeah. I like Home Arena, but uh, in terms of wives who look like their husband, it's hard to beat her. Bad phrasing. Uh, <laughs> up next, we have Matey, the maid. Uh, I have three suggestions. One of them was Diane, who is just uh, Rod- who is my Rodrigo-style pick. As a just weird one to throw out there, uh, I had photographic memory Marge. I'm not sure why. I think I was just trying to fill things out. There's also the actual maid from Natural Born Kissers, who uh almost catches Homer and Marge getting intimate, and that's what turns them on. So, Maid from Natural Born Kissers is my strong one. Who do you have, Janine?
1: I actually also had Maid from Natural Born Kissers. I did also look up to see what maids there were, and that was the (laughs) first one that pops up. And it was perfect because it's just a maid that shows up for one scene that lasts under three seconds and is never seen from again just as fast so i was like this is a good throwaway one i think luke is gonna jump on it and then i was like oh well luke jumped on it himself so
0: all right everyone gets happy when i jump on it that's that's a weird thing to say luke why did you say that? Why are you saying this? Uh we then have Shine who is just going to be another kind of recurring background marine character. Uh who do you have for Shine? Now this
1: one I had the Marine World Guard, the guard that watches over the um whale inside of the aquarium that I think Mo tries to steal. So um mm-hmm. I didn't know that Shrine was gonna be like coming back and forth and I was looking up like what kind of marine characters have there been, and I was like, this is not even a marine, this is just like somebody who's just standing there. And it's like, well that's all that's all this guy's doing.
0: So I have two suggestions. My Rodrigo style is Elvis Costello because he kind of has an Elvis Costello vibe for me. I can see that. Uh the other one I have is uh I have been watching uh YouTube videos and one of the uh on the Simpsons and one of them was on the Just Stamp the Ticket Man. And there's apparently also a navy version of Just Stamp the Ticket Man. But I feel like Elvis Costello is the stronger choice in our we are going to cast celebrities in weird roles. You know what? Then give it to Elvis
1: Costello, because if there's one thing that I love doing, it's casting A-list celebrities in D-list background character parts.
0: (laughs) All right. Uh, We then have Nefertari Titi, who is BB's mom and Cobra's dead wife. And my Rodrigo style is uh BTM, Big Titty Marge. Ooh. <laughs> and uh, the other one that I had was Jacqueline Bouvier, Marge's mom. I didn't really have a good one for Nefertiti <laughs> for Neferi- Titty, but I do think it would be funny if it just put Big Titty Marge in that role. Who do New you Marie have? Marge,
1: because her name's Titty. Um. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't know if you—I didn't know if you would take uh, Sarah Wiggum on for that, so I put Sarah Wiggum on this because I thought she was dead. But I had another one. I had a backup. I had Prudence Goodwife. Prudence Goodwife only shows up as a headstone, and um, I thought of that because it's like, well.
0: Nefertari Nef-
1: Titi just like is already dead when we show up, so
0: like this is you get one photo.
1: Yeah, so I was like, I was just like, this is the same amount of time, different importance, but you know, it had to be a dead person that was not alive during their time on The Simpsons was my feeling.
0: So my my problem with it is we don't see an image of Prudence Goodwife. Like in the same way that we don't see uh Langdon Alder canonically, we can't necessarily use him. I'd say that would be my uh naysay for Prudence Good Wife. Do we do we want to be incredibly immature and just put Big T Marge for Nefertiti? H- At one I you
1: know, It would we'll also do fit... it We're, we'll do it, but that has to be the
0: image that we use for this episode <laughs> We have to get the I will include that as one of these screenshot options. Just send Mike a message, hey, you got to put Marge's massive moppy milkers in this frame if you want to do this one.
1: it feels like we got to do it because it's just like, if I we're going to burn Marge having big titties on something, art <laughs> <ours laughs> of it would be nice, so
0: yeah, let's let's do it. All right. I, I will make sure to include that shot with the specific note that uh, Mike P would need to draw big titty Marge in if he does that cover. The the I mean the other thing that I'd really like to do is to get a shot of Mister Two as Mister Two instead of transformed before we lose them for a while. But there's going to be a lot of good shot options. So uh, we then have Potson, the doctor who works in the uh, desert who ends up saving Pell. Who do you have for Potson?
1: I have dr h Boyle, uh just a background doctor character that talks to Homer about his hair
0: Simpsons oh yeah, yeah, the uh hair specialist ooh i I can kind of get behind that uh my suggestion was the uh male clinic doctor from The Simpsons, who... I like yours better. I like Dr. H. Boyle. Awesome. Oh, and the Rodrigo style one that I had was uh, Mad Dr. Hibbert. Oh. We then got Rice Rice. Everyone's horny for Rice Rice. The man with a bright orange suit, a yellow tie, and then a blue polka dot shirt. A powerful look. Rice Rice fucks and Rice Rice fucks hard. Sure. Do you I not can't... see Rice Rice and think... That's a love unstoppable. machine? Yeah.
1: I... I don't know. I feel like that is a very nervous man.
0: No, when it comes to fucking... Okay. You gotta eat all that rice rice to keep his fucking energy up. Sure. Uh, um, you want to go first for your rice rice.
1: I do, I do. I have three choices because I thought really hard on rice rice.
0: Oh, same. I also have three.
1: Okay, so my number one. hmm Mr. Sparkle. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Number two, Old Gill, mm-hmm. and number three, Lionel Hutz.
0: Mm. You are, uh, I So I had some temptation to drop on Troy McClure, but he is not actually on the list because Troy McClure also sells a bunch of items and is also a bit of a coward and also would like to be inside a massive fish. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, I went in a different direction. Uh, My Rodrigo style was just Tom Petty. Because I I thought that it'd be hilarious to have Tom Petty in this role. No point beyond that. Uh, I also had Ed McMahon and Mr. Paul Anka. Mr. Paul Anka being the one who helped the Simpsons defeat the massive billboards with a catchy jingle. Hmm. And Ed McMahon is a hiyo. Who seems like a good American equivalent of this character.
1: I don't know how to feel about them.
0: Old Gil, we have a better all-time loser to use on him. And Lionel yeah. Hutz, I I feel like like you say it's... that,
1: but like I could find another loser inside of
0: Simpsons, pretty 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 good. I, uh, I spent a lot of time, uh, like trying to figure it out. Uh, I'm. I was really it... afraid
1: about this because I was thinking like there is a chance that all three of my choices are going to get Uterpiled.
0: Are you? I don't, that, uh, yeah, I, I don't think that. Yeah, uh, I don't think that Mr. Sparkle necessarily fits as the fishbowl. We are getting closer to me dropping, uh, like pulling some out of the uter pile. And then you'll be like, "Oh, wow, okay, okay." Mm. Mhm mhm mhm, mm-hmm. and I'm assuming that none of mine are striking. They aren't. They have the
1: salesmanship right in there, but Mm -hmm. I don't feel the same kind of conniving you know, Mm -hmm. evil in there.
0: Okay. What I will raise you then is we set it as a specific Lionel Hutz. You still get the credit for the point, but it is specifically going to be from the uh, Devil and Homer Simpson. Sure, all right. And if you've got a problem with that, that's that's fine. I I've got enough to worry about already. <laughs> uh, we then have Tagio. Tiny little redheaded chef child. I had three suggestions for this. I had Tyler Gables, a.k.a. Boy Tyler, as my Rodrigo style. I had Blow the Horn Kid, and I had Gordy. Because I was just looking for red-haired kids for Hicks.
1: Ah, I wasn't even looking at kids. I was just thinking about somebody who had the same kind of... Uh pathetic lackey kind of vibe and I went
0: with Sideshow Mel but I do like Gordy Uh, Gordy was the Canadian kid who was put into the leg up program with Bart in You Only Move Twice which I feel like Gordy is a good fit so we're good with Gordy? We're good with Gordy also, I feel like you have a very interesting take on Sideshow Mel.
1: I feel like a lot of the nuance for Sideshow Mel didn't really hit until after I stopped watching.
0: I feel that like at this point, he would have been the uh, person who still has a sort of like uh, a sort of Shakespearean vibe to when he does speak and is a bit more highfalutin but hadn't reached his prime and also wasn't revealed to have a sex robot that was a reformatted uh or retrofitted uh chucky e. cheese style musical robot uh up next we've got kodama the tiny child who loves to make fireworks even though they killed her parents Uh, I had two pitches. I had Ashley, one, and I also had Connie Appleseed, a.k.a. Lisa. Who do you have?
1: Ah. I had uh, BZ, one of Lisa's old friends that she thinks about when she has new friends. I feel like BZ isn't cool enough. I feel like
0: Kodama's not cool. Kodama's a kid who could fucking make fireworks, Janine. Is that not awesome? No. Kodama also wears, like, face paint the entire time.
1: Kodama, like, has something interesting that she does once a year. No, she's, like, making fireworks all year round. Yeah, they only set them off once a year, man.
0: Yeah. But, I mean, if you only had to, like, build up to once a year, like, one event, wouldn't that be cool?
1: Man, this kid's not cool. This kid's, like, has a job, man.
0: This kid's got a family tradition. This kid is coping remarkably well with the loss of her parents.
1: You don't think BZ could be able to cope if I went and I killed her parents today? No. I don't know why I keep on threatening to kill fictional characters.
0: I don't think BZ could even be trusted to write in Lisa's yearbook. Because she didn't.
1: Well, if I had to choose between your two, I would choose the least coolest, and that would be Connie Appleseed.
0: Fair enough. I I, I appreciate the flexibility. Uh, we then have Cadillian, Kado, uh, who's literally just like a balding man, who's like, hey, have you heard about our fireworks festival? And he, he got a name for that. Uh, who do you have for I, ha- Yen?
1: I have Lombardo Professor Professor Lombardo the um, theater teacher
0: mm-hmm. I'm afraid of what I was able to find because this guy doesn't matter my Rodrigo style was the fatter Homer clone uh, I found him in the Simpsons I just sent you the image in Discord. Huh. Like, that is pretty much his vibe. He's got the balding thing, he's got the gray hair, he's got the sort of laid-back attitude.
1: Yeah, that's him. That's a direct translation.
0: That is Bowler 4. Are 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 you good with Bowler Four? I'm good with Bowler Four. All right. Uh, we then have Odama. How do you? I I'm not asking for your casting. How do you feel about Odama? This weird old man wearing fishnets the entire time.
1: Odama's weird. Um, for somebody who like gives you a job the second you show up. Like, you can be able to tell, like, there's some weird characterization choices on, like, being cold and distant, but also, like, being helpful. And, like, I guess it's everywhere, man. And, like, you can see the logic the character moves by, but it's just so fucking weird. And, like, also so fucking weird that you have, like, a character that's, like, so visually designed from a (laughs) Tengu mask Uh and like it's like what do you do with that I mean I know that like this is an anime that's in Japan but like the idea that like the the, the Matsuri festival right after Sanji was cooking curry in in a Japanese style obviously because in India you don't make beef curry um (laughs) it's just it's just weird i mean like um these filler episodes seem like they definitely come from a very japanese place whereas the mainline story feels like it has much more of a worldly influence
0: so like jumping ahead 700 some episodes there is literally a country that is essentially feudal Japan where a few people have left, and that is how some aspects of Japanese culture have formed. But also it's a big ocean, but also... Yeah, no, it's 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 a weird choice.
1: I mean, like, inside of the idea of just, like, a universe, this, this stuff could just naturally happen, like, mm-hmm. agnostic from all of the other Japanese-focused, like, cultures. Like, that's understandable, but it's, like, a little
0: weird. It's a little weird
1: after having been in, like, uh, something that has definitely been much more inspired by the Middle East, you know, Mm -hmm. or South Asia kind of area.
0: Well, next time we're going to kind of Florida. Uh, so I had five suggestions for Odama. Because I was trying to figure out the exact vibe that I wanted for him. And I wasn't entirely sure. I had, as my Rodrigo style, Keith Richards, just as a... I could see Keith Richards holding that look off. Right. And also I think it'd be funny. Right. Uh, I also had two uh, counterpart, Connie Appleseed. I had uh, Homer Appleseed, who isn't, I believe, given a name. There's the fireworks installer who installs fireworks around Hungry Hungry Homer. Uh, there's Grandpa Milhouse. I was trying to look at Grandpa's. And then there is the Cracker Executive, who is Millhouse's other grandpa, on his mom's side, who doesn't actually look like A. Van Houten at all. And, uh... You know, pretty big wheel at the Cracker Factory. Fireworks, firecracker crackers. Uh, I was trying to go for something. Um, Who do you have for Odama? Keith Richards.
1: (laughs) Really? Well, I saw that we had access to him I looked at the similarities visually. It just struck the idea of like this character as like some somebody who's just like known by their age and like irresponsibility, and
0: I guess pyrotechnics.
1: and pyrotechnics. It makes sense. I mean, like you can trust your child with this both men like the same amount, zero. And like it's uh like I'm I'm I can't think of any other character that I wanted to put in there after I threw down Keith Richards because it was like sure, I'm gonna be able to find somebody who's gonna be able to visually match maybe, but are they gonna have like the same kind of nasty old man vibe as Keith Richards? Yeah.
0: I lost two family members to a firework. Bow, bow, bow! And now my granddaughter wants to try. Bow, bow, bow! She keeps going to her parents' grave every day. Bow, bow, bow! But I don't really care to watch her cry.
1: I've been. I'm the one that's had the edible. if you know, if you if you think for a second that Luke is doing all of this high, you're you're wrong. I am the one right now who's feeling in a different place. Luke is almost one hundred percent stone cold. I'm high on life. life. This is just Luke. Uh huh. If you oh, don't yeah. know, now, now you know. know.
0: Um. If you if you <laughs> Depending on the setting, if you spend enough time with me, I will just start to sink for no random point, for no real reason.
1: Well, we're pretty deep inside of the recording if we're getting there. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, We got three more characters to go through. I'm glad we both aligned on Keith Richards. Like, the others were just me trying to push too much, but... <laughs> I just keep looking, and it's like, this man is Keith Richards.
1: Yeah, like... Definitely getting access to Keith Richards at the same time. It just felt like it was just like a weird converging of the moment.
0: Our lives are Keith Richards for it.
1: It's Keith Richards all the way down.
0: I'm Keith Richards in friendship.
1: So who'd you get for Billy?
0: So uh, the last three I only had Rodrigo style picks for.
1: Oh, well Uh, then. Two
0: of them because I, uh, actually all three of them is just kind of like, my brain is tired. It's been a long week. I'm distraught over not winning money on Christmas trivia that I would have been donated to buy gifts for families that we've adopted at work. Uh, so for Billy, uh, are you ready for this wild one? Sure. Billy the
1: Kid. It seems to fit. You got the name. Just lines right up.
0: Mm-hmm. Who do you have for Billy?
1: I have Prisoner 2F2-1. This prisoner, uh, during a visit to the um, Springfield Penitentiary, uh, grabs onto Martin Prince's shirt, scaring him straight although probably not too
0: straight. Yeah. So my uh my dick choice also goes with my belly. <laughs> my belly and dick go together, Janine.
1: Sure, who do you have for Dick the Bandit?
0: The Sundance Kid. Ah. I feel like two cowboys go together well. well, let
1: you let me tell you about my dick.
0: uh-huh.
1: I have the crime boss from the Homer they Fall the uh the one that's uh pressuring Homer to take a dive in a boxing match against uh Dredrick Tatum,
0: I believe. Mm -hmm. Who kind of looks like if you put Prince's head on a very large man's body.
1: I basically went for these two. Um, Somebody who's already been caught and somebody who is actively being a criminal. That's kind of like my reason behind them. And also I wanted to go for criminals that, like, only show up once and we don't have to worry about them for, like, any other plot reasons.
0: Yeah. The downside is I think they're... No, no. I I, I still like my ideas of Billy the Kid and the Sundance Kid together because they're, they're two cowboys. They're two bandits. Yeehaw buckaroos. Yeehaw buckaroos, Janine.
1: And you're willing to do this knowing that there could be a fucking cowboy island in just like 84 episodes from now or whatever?
0: I don't think we have anything super Western, but yes, I am I am willing to uh, yell at myself in the past, in the future, if that happens. Ooh. The Billy is Billy.
1: All right, I'll give you these two, but only because
0: I'm so confident about my next choice. Oh, that's good, because mine honestly sucks. Uh, I had Kyle, who's a third grader. I
1: I had the aforementioned Tyler Gables. One that got away from you from another character we had talked about just this episode
0: oh yep yeah we did discuss tyler gables or, Exactly. No, i just looked at yes yes boy yes
1: exactly yes. boy tyler the tyler that got away did not end up on this one for you however it's my suggestion right now we could still get that Tyler in all you gotta do is give it to me
0: i mean i don't like how you're asking but i agree with what you're asking for
1: i get that a lot actually
0: yeah no i'm uh i'm good with that uh I'm quickly, like, I know sometimes you're worried if I get too many more points than you, and uh, yeah, I do think I got more, but I feel like you you did a solid listing, and there was two of them that we were united on.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I don't always go for the win for certain ones, but... Mm -hmm. There are certain characters that I really drive for. And I'm really glad that I was able to get the Sarah Wiggum down.
0: Yes, that was a very good one.
1: That was one I really cared about. And Keith Richards was one that I definitely was (laughs) going to uh, try to steer the conversation back to Keith Richards as much as I could for that character. Just so solid.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, look at that man. That's Keith Richards making fireworks.
1: That's a Keith Richards right there whose face looks like a Tengu mass a little bit.
0: That's Keith Richards there who doesn't know what a tower does.
1: That is if Keith Richards was an anime before he was a person.
0: That's Keith Richards when he tried some new drugs and then became an anime. That's a good one. That's Keith Richards when he tried to eat out a woman and found out (laughs) she was on her period. I guess. (laughs) I will probably cut out that last bit. Uh, Yeah, so running over, uh, Dr. Ho is C. Everett Coop. Terracotta is Sarah Wiggum. Matey is the Mage from Natural Born Kissers. Shine is Elvis Costello. Neferity Tiki is Big Titty Marsh. (laughs) Is Doctor H Boyle? Rice Rice is Lionel Hutz, specifically from the Devil and Homer Simpson. Tajio uh, is Gordy. Kodama is Connie Appleseed. Kod uh, Katoyan is Bowler Four. Odama is Keith Richards. Billy is Billy the Kid. Dick is Sundance Kid, and Harry is is Harry is Tyler Gables. I I, I almost said if you turn the word kid around it becomes dick as well. And then I just said it. It's all part of a big plan. Janine. Yes. Uh where do you exist online where people can find you? That's a good question. Things
1: are getting weird on social media and Twitter is now deleted. However, you can still reliably find me on Tumblr as well as the Domance Tumblr itself, uh, you'll be able to find me there at uh, Rummy J. I'm also on Instagram, if you dare to look at my face, it is Janina's is Dope. Um, other places, I'm still getting a feel for Hive and I think Pillow Fort. Uh, more on those later when I understand how they work
0: fair enough. Uh you can also find Janina the Domance Dawn Discord that we have. If you would like access to the Domance Dawn Discord, you can like message me on Twitter or find one of my various places where I am including the Domance Dawn Tumblr uh, which is at our website at domandsdawn.com. You can find me on Twitter at Koltrek, that's K-O-L-T-R-E-G, or you can find my website at Lucare l u k e h e r r dot com. you can find links to all the other podcasts that I do, including uh, RPG Pals Club, where we are going to be wrapping up soon with our 100th episode. Uh, we recently got done with a uh, arc or, well, we still need to release two more episodes. We've been playing a game, a game called Hell Grinders, which is uh wild. I decided that since I didn't have to run the game, I was just going to play myself as a fantasy as a character who had gone to hell and then was being sent in to try and kill God. Living the it's, dream. It's bits, yeah. Um, Mike P, uh, Mike Patton, you can find online at at Patton Pending, P A T T E N Pending, P E N D I N G. Mike does our wonderful covers, and uh, yeah. Go and consider giving Mike money to have him illustrate things for you. I already mentioned you can go and visit our website, domancedawn.com, which is our Tumblr. We are also on Twitter at, at domance. And uh, if you like the show, tell a friend, leave a review, post cover art that you like on Simpsons Facebook groups. Uh, I think once we get the 20th one, I'll do, or once we hit our one year anniversary, I'll we'll probably post that into the Rancho Relaxo Facebook group. Next episode, we're kind of going to do a loosely hanukkah holiday especially as we go to goat island and uh we're bringing a guest along with us janine oh who
1: are we gonna bring along with us
0: uh we're bringing davy david from the shonen flop podcast it's it's big i i'm a member of the discord over there i Previously ran a book club, and I've also been on an episode of the show, talking about a uh, manga series that Janine would not like me to talk about. Ha ha! So we will see you then for the goat episode. Until then, smooth sailing. <laughs>